Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host, Jeremy Zuckman. Jeremy, what's going on today, bro? What's going? Oh, first of all, I I always forget to turn off the the, the player when I when I'm on 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 air. What is going on? Well, I I'm laying on the couch and I've been watching a V miniseries marathon on on the Sci-Fi Channel all day. <laughs> Sounds like fun. How was your Halloween? Oh gosh, how was my Halloween? Do I answer that honestly? Yes, I should. <laughs> well, my Halloween was um, more eventful than I had anticipated. Um, <laughs> all was well. It was we Mark and I went out um, to a to a club called the Milestone Club, and it's a it's an alter, alternate grunge you know dive bar, and we've gone there two years in a row for Halloween, and well this year. We were there, and it was probably about 11.30 Saturday night, and um, we were having a good time, and I'm having a good time, Mark's having a good time. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this big brute of a guy turns around, and he goes, you mother effer, and picks me up and then slams me down on the, um, on the ground. Oh, my. Yeah, and uh, I landed on my left foot and ankle and I and it, I heard a pop and um and it, it just it wasn't good to say the least. So um he thought you know, this is what happens when you mix alcohol and testosterone. He thought I was um hitting on his girlfriend and uh so he decided <laughs> to pound me into the floor. But uh I'm fine. So everybody knows I'm I'm okay. It's just um, it was a little scary. So I'm going to go see um, an orthopedist, the guy who did my knee, um, and uh, he's I'm going to have him take a look at my foot tomorrow because it, it just really hurts. It's swollen and it just it, it's not fun at all. Well, I hope you get that but, taken care of pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, me too. My, I mean, my Halloween was kind of boring. We just kind of sat at home and um, gave out candy, and we had three trick-or-treaters. Three? Three. The whole night, wow. three. I couldn't believe it. Wow. It's a little disappointing. Ugh. But what are you going to do, right? You know, I, you know I, I tell them, just shut the lights off, and it's fine. <laughs> so That's funny. So so moving on. Um, I, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Who's in the chat room? I know I saw Gab in there, Kenji's in there, and there are some guests. If you are listening and you're not um, in the chat room and like to join in the conversation with us, you can uh, log on to Blog Talk Radio forward slash Pause I Am, and the chat room is located right there on the episode page. Uh, you can do that tonight. Uh, we have uh, a, a special guest, an exciting guest to have on. I actually met her through. Um, Twitter. It's an amazing thing, this Twitter thing. It's really helped me be able to uh, reach out and meet new activists and, and people who want to share their story. And tonight, um, our guest is Hydea Broadbent, who um, is an international activist. She's been all around the world speaking uh, since the age of six. Um, and she's 25 years old, and she was infected with HIV by her birth mother. Uh, she was adopted as an infant. She was diagnosed with HIV at the age of three. Uh, she was not expected to live past the age of five. So for her to be 25 years old, it's pretty amazing in itself. And because of medication, she was able to beat odds. And she's been telling her story since the age of six. She has appeared on the Oprah Show, Good Morning America 2020, numerous conferences. Um, and she's just this amazing ball of light uh, 
when you listen to her speak. And when you look back, I saw these videos of her when she was on, I want to say it was 2020, and she had to be six years old. She was the cutest thing. She brought tears to my heart because she was talking about losing her friends to AIDS. And she was, she had, she was under the age of 10, Jeremy, to say that. And for somebody that young to, to say something like that, that's really powerful. Yeah, it, that is very, very powerful. It really is. And I, I think her story is 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 pretty um it's pretty remarkable in her strength. Right. So let's uh let's uh hurry on along and just bring Hydea right on now. Absolutely. So let's see. Hydea, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh you're welcome in the bills in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hydea, we actually connected through Twitter, right? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, you're a Twitter bandit. I see you out there. You tweet um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I tweet a lot. It's a good way for you to express yourself and then I have a really good like I guess following. And if you ask a question, people reply right away. So, you know, I also try to use it um, to spread positive messages as well. So Twitter is really cool. Yeah, I'm digging it. That's awesome. Isn't it, it Twitter, Facebook, MySpace? It just brings everybody together. Yeah, you know what? It's a good way for people to connect. Um, I get a lot of messages on MySpace and you know, Facebook, and even through Twitter, you know, through different people who are living with HIV AIDS, who have questions, and it's really, it's a cool, it's a cool tool, and I think it helps people connect with different people who answer them. Um, it's, it's a lot easier for people, you know, to connect to different people they feel might have the answers, or if they feel alone, you know, they hit people up on Facebook or Twitter, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I try to stay on as much as I can to try to answer questions or messages. Do you get a lot of questions through there? Um, on MySpace and Facebook, I do. Um, sometimes people will get my email off of Twitter um, and email me questions um, about, you know, how do they, how do you deal if you don't feel like you have support or um, where, where they should go for medical care or how do they break it to somebody that they're dating? So, yeah, people find a way to, they, like, express themselves. And then some people aren't public, so they'll write me, and they can just express themselves and say what's ever on their chest because they're afraid to say it to the people they may be living with. That's really true. So I kind of went over a little bit of, um, you know, how you were infected and, and, you know, kind of the stages of your life um, that I, I picked out of your bio. And since the age of six, you've been sharing your story. And, and we and Jeremy were just talking about a little bit about uh, when you were on 2020. And that's when you were six years old, right? Because I saw a video of you when you were six years old. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe so. I don't remember, like, the ages I really did different events, but uh-huh. I believe I was six at the time. And... You're so cute, and you still are. You're beautiful. But you're this cute little girl sitting there, and you brought a tear to my eye because you were talking about losing your friends to AIDS. And a lot of mm-hmm. people don't look at, you know, a lot of people don't think that, you know, kids who are, you know, young people who are six years old and have to deal with AIDS, they think it's that it's just an adult thing. So what made you want to get into the spotlight at AIDS at that age? Well, it wasn't that I wanted to. It was something that I kind of fell into. Mm-hmm. Um, I started speaking when I was about five and a half. Um, I went to NIH, the National Institute of Health, and they were doing a lot of um, protocols at the time for women and children who were infected with um, with AIDS because, if you remember, in the late 80s, they were not giving women and children the medicine because they didn't know what the medicine would do. So a lot of the medicine that was on the market, um, they were tested on me and other kids that went to the hospital at the time. And, you know, some of the kids passed away, or a lot of the kids passed away. And that was hard for me to deal with, you know. I didn't understand why my friends were dying 
And then at the same point, it was hard because they couldn't be public. And that hurt me a lot because it's kind of saying, oh, I'm ashamed of, I'm ashamed of myself in some aspects because you're living with this disease. It can't go anywhere. You know, it's with you 24 hours a day. So I wanted my friends to be public. And the first video I had done, the first video I did was for, um, for social workers at NIH. And through there, it kind of progressed into having me speak at conferences for different doctors about how the medicine would make me feel, um, how could it, how could it, how could they improve the medication, um, and so on. And, you know, um, stuff just kind of picked up. But being so young, I didn't really realize the impact of it all. And I didn't realize how many people were watching. Um, it was just, I just wanted to make it better. That's all I knew as a young child. I just wanted to make it better. And I didn't know, you know, and my mom kept me very grounded. Um, it was never, you're a celebrity, you're a star. You know, she kept me very grounded. And we were on a mission to help as many people as we could. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, the biggest, you know, I went to, we did college tours and, um, the only time that I really got scared was when we did the 1996 Republican Convention. And I seen <laughs> all the people, and I think that's the only time that I was like, wow, this is really something. Um, <laughs> but even people ask me about Oprah, and I'm like, I don't remember it. It was just, it was just a show, you know. I didn't, I didn't get it. Right. So, so I want to ask you, how, and, and I don't think we actually talked about it. How old are you? I'm 25. 25 years old. Mm-hmm. All right. And you've been doing this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. At 25 years old. That is what an impact. I, you know, and, and just... I'm speechless, and and I know many of you who are listening, it's the first time Jeremy's ever been speechless. Um, (laughs) But I I think you have done so much and packed so much into your first 25 years, I just can imagine what the next 25 years are going to bring. Where are you? So what are you doing today? What's, What's going on right now? Um, well, you know, I took a couple years off, actually. Um, I had to get refocused, and because I was speaking for so long, I just kind of had to find out who Hydea was. And I mm-hmm. had to know that I could do more than, you know, be the kind of the face of AIDS because I have been doing it so long, and that's what everybody recognized me as doing, and I had to know something more to Hydea. But um, when I turned 25, you know, this is a gift, really, truly, to be able to use the life and the experience that I've had living with HIV-AIDS to kind of show people as a warning that this is what you don't want. Yes, you can manage it. Yes, you can live with it. But there's so many obstacles that people don't realize, whether it's financial, whether it's you know, the side effects are the medication, and, you know, people think, oh, if I get HIV, I could just take the medicine and be fine. No, it doesn't work that way. Some of the medication might not work for you, and some of the side effects alone, um, they feel, they make you not want to take the medication at all. So when I turned 25, I said, you know, it's a blessing that I'm alive, and I just have to do more. And I was watching documentaries about children who lived outside of the United States. And basically, they really don't have any hope. They don't have any fire inside of them. They don't, they don't think they have a future. So I said that I wanted to go out of the United States and start speaking and let the kids know, like, use my story as an example that you can make it and you can grow up to be whatever you want to be. And then once I said I was going to start speaking, I noticed that 
nothing's really changed, you know, and the numbers are going up. I've just decided to open myself back up to whoever needs me to wherever I can go to let people know that, yes, HIV AIDS is still around. It hasn't gone anywhere. And just because people are not dying at an alarming rate like they were years ago doesn't mean we have we can ignore it. We can't ignore it. Um, and people are, you know, worried about health care. How much do you think this medication will cost? Like, people don't put two and two together. Um, everybody's out for self-gratification right now. And, you know, especially in the, the African-American community, we look at, you know, BET and MTV and all these stars living these fancy lives and hooking up with different people and they assume that's what you need to do in real life. What we see in music videos, hearing music, we assume, you know, that's your life, so let's do it. But the reality is you cannot switch partners and you cannot have all this unsafe sex, so we need to really get it together and realize that, you know, AIDS doesn't discriminate. And I, I really wish people would get that message, like it can happen to anybody at any time if you're not careful, if you don't educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think you bring up some really excellent points. And I, I wanted to ask you um, in particular, what do you think are some of the challenges re- reaching out into the African-American community, especially um, with some of the the issues surrounding HIV? Um, it's, I mean, because the CDC just, I think they just uh, released a report, um, some, a research, when was it, a week or so, maybe two weeks ago, um, disproving the whole, the down low um, myth. And um, it, it seems, because it, it seems that, you know, African Americans are, what, what was the, it was an alarming statistic. It's like 85% more likely, uh, African-American women were 85% or so more likely um, to get HIV than white women. Mm-hmm. What, what's, how, how, how is that address? I mean, how are you able to address that issue about that, breaking down the stigma? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all because in the African-American community, we have, a lot of issues within our home life. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially with, you know, women, relationship with, you know, whether it be with your mother, your father, a lot of, we don't have enough positive role models in our community. We don't have enough self-esteem. So if we're at home and we're being talked down to, degraded, when we get into it, we go outside the home looking for love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're looking for love, you kind of open yourself up to all types of disrespect and you kind of, you don't have a self of who you are, so you're willing to put yourself out there more and not know how you should be treated in a relationship. So if a man is cheating on you, talking down to you, doing whatever, he thinks, okay, well, if he's talking to me crazy, that's okay because that's the way I'm being talked to at home. So mm-hmm. we, when we address to, you know, the girls or the guys, use condoms, use dental bands, have safe sex, you can say that, but it's going in one ear and out the other if we don't teach people how to have self-love and self-respect. And there's so many issues for years, we've been telling people to, you know, be safe, use protection. But if we don't love ourselves, it doesn't matter because we're going to continue to look for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. So the issue is much, it's deeper. Like, I feel we need to have more programs within the community to reach our youth, um, reach the youth about, you know, how to love themselves and how to get that self-esteem if you're not getting it at home or for somebody to teach you that you're worth so much more than anybody will ever know. So never subject yourself to, you know, anything less than perfect. I don't, you know, it's it's hard 
to, I believe the CDC facts, and I know that um, there's so many more issues that we have to touch as an African-American community to make this problem go away. Mm-hmm. So, Hi, Dia. Um, question I have for you, this is Robert. Um, growing up now, obviously, since, you know, you were born with HIV and you were growing up going to school, what was it like going to high school? you know, being HIV positive and being somewhat in the public in the public eye at that time? Well, um, I didn't go through um, all four years of high school. I only went back to school until 12th grade. Um, majority of my school life, I was either, you know, being tutored in the hospital or I was in a, a chartered school or home school. So 12th grade, I told my mom, I want to go to school. I don't want to miss prom. Um, I want to see the football games. I want to take part. I want to have a social life. So when I went to school, you know, there were kids that I knew who were very friendly to me, and then there were kids who didn't like me because of the fact, you know, I was on TV um, traveling or in magazines. You know, some kids are just, you know, and I wasn't a child who – put it in your face. If you ask me a question, I, I answer the question. Um, and if I have an experience, I usually want to share that with my friends. So I was never, I didn't go into school with a big, like a big head at all. But of course, you know, sometimes people, if other people are doing something, they can't kind of support them or congratulate them. So that was the hard part, like kids being mean to me because of the opportunities that I was offered, um, I think there was only one or there was like one kid in the whole school who was afraid of me because I had um, because I had AIDS, and I didn't know. You know, nobody ever said anything to my face. So when I found out, you know, I just went around them more. You know, I'm like, I try to educate them, like, you know, there's nothing wrong. And at the end of the school year, you know, everything was pretty much fine, and um, the boyfriend that I have now I met in high school, and we've been dating on and off since graduation. So, you know, I think it was a blessing, but it also made me grow a thicker skin because kids can be really mean, and I didn't really learn that until I went to high school. So, mm-hmm. so um, gosh, there, there's just so much to, to ask. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it all down. Um so junior high, high school, some probably the hardest years of my life I know. But and of course I wasn't I wasn't HIV positive during, you know, my school years. I can't imagine. Um how how was it for teachers and 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 trying to get studies done and all of that? Um I think the only teacher that ever kind of had a problem or was afraid was probably my kindergarten teacher. Um, I remember I sneezed and, you know, mucus came out. And my mom and the principal had, you know, talked to her, educated her, what's safe, what's not. And at that moment that, you know, mucus came out, she sprayed the air around me and my desk with bleach. And me being a little kid, I didn't know that anything was wrong until I went home, and my mom was taking out the bleach, and I covered my eyes, and she said, what's wrong? I said, oh, that, that, that burns. And she said, how would you know? And I named the teacher's name, and I said, because she sprayed it because I sneezed. And that's the only real form of discrimination that I remember. Um, my teachers were very going through junior high. I went through seventh and eighth, half of eighth grade. I got pulled out because I was just, too sick, and um, I needed more one-on-one. But the teachers were very there, – there were no teachers that ever um, were mean or wouldn't work with us. When I missed days, they would always give me my work. I remember being in class and, you know, a topic about sex would come up and somebody would ask a question and the whole hour would turn into me talking to the kids about what's safe, what's not, and the teachers would kind of go with it. So the school, the school for my junior high and high school were very 
you know, welcoming. Um, my junior high principal didn't like me so much. Um, she didn't feel like I should have been missing school so much. So her and my mom kind of battled things out. But other than that, everybody was pretty much, you know, really wonderful. Cause my high school years and um, junior high, they were really wonderful. I guess it's a blessing because I remember some of my friends, you know, they were afraid to go to school. Some were kicked out and had to go like 10, 20 miles away. So I'm very blessed that, you know, those years weren't horrible for me. (laughs) Very true. Um, One of the things that I noticed a lot, um, I'm just recently, you know, getting out there and and beginning to share my story and and speak more. Um, I know you been doing it a lot longer, and it seems to me that a lot of the activists out there seem to put it, seem to make you feel like it's a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to those people who make it out to be a competition when it's really not supposed to be a competition because we're all do- working towards the same goal? Oh, yes, I've had that experience. Um, some people want to be celebrities, and they use HIV AIDS as a format to get their message out. And if they're getting that attention now, you know, I'm I'm not going to knock anybody, but we're out there to help as many people as we can. Um, And we should try to help each other. I personally, myself, I try to stay away from people like that um, because I've had bad experience with, you know, certain activists talking about me or, and I'm just like, really? Is that what it's about? I thought we were supposed to help, you know, let people know that this is not what, you know, HIV AIDS is something people don't want to get. I didn't know that this was our ticket to be famous. And, you know, I think we should just help each other out. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you want to be famous, Go on a reality show. Go on for the love of Ray J or something. But this, <laughs> this is, we're supposed to be, you know, giving back to our community or, you know, stopping the spread. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It just, it kind of sickens me and I kind of just stay to myself and don't associate with certain people. That's how I look at it. Good for you. Good for you. You know, and it's taken me close to, <clears throat> almost being <clears throat> close to 40 to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. I don't Good know. For you. People just, people just crack me up. Sometimes you got to laugh at people and let them do them, you know? You can't really yep. let it bother you. That's what I'm learning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you, what are your plans now to, in the, in, in the next few years? What do you, what would you like to do? Well, right now, um, I'm actually writing a book. Um, People try to get me to write books for years. Um, After I won the Essence Award and my mom did her book, people were like, Heidi, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And I'm like, it's not my time, you know. I still have years to go. So being 25, I've experienced enough of life, you know. There's things in my childhood growing up that people don't know about, um, you know, speaking and, you know, kind of being in the forefront, it it's kind of, it's hard to deal with, you know. And even though people see me as being a strong figure and confident with myself, there was a time when I didn't know who Hydea was. Um, and then, you know, relationships with my mother um, is stressful, trying to let her issues not become my issues. So... I plan on writing the book about, you know, growing up and what it was like speaking and then, you know, people taking advantage of your career, people not doing right with your money, you know, because you do get paid for doing certain events. And when you turn 18 and there's nothing there, something's not right. So that's something I plan to um, talk about. And just I just want to really, you know, work with the inner city, um, I'm doing a college tour in in January. There's stuff coming out, but I just, I want to, we're going to do some programs where we can work with young women 
um, help them develop self-esteem, um, positive role models, identifying positive role models. Um, just, I'm just, I just want to put my hands in a couple things because um, I, really, I really, truly, honestly feel like this is my time to give back and um, be able to just reach as many people as I can because I just, even though, you know, I have a wonderful fiancé, even though, you know, I'm alive, I still don't want people to go through what I've gone through. And people look at my life and they say, you're lucky, you know, you're healthy. Yes, that's true, but you guys don't see the days that I'm down, I'm sick, and I don't feel good. So mm-hmm. I plan to speak as much as I can and just, you know, do whatever I can to hopefully try to get these numbers down. Mm-hmm. So there's no real, I don't really have a set plan of the next five years. Um, I know in five years I plan to be married. That's the one thing I do know. Aww. That's so, neat. But I just want to give back as much as I can, you know, because I don't want this to wipe out my generation and the generations to come, you know. We have diseases that we can't control if we get or not, like, you know, cancer or, you know, sickle cell because that's a trait. HIV AIDS, Mm -hmm. we can kind of control if we get it unless the choice is made for us. So I don't understand why people still, in essence, choose to become infected with HIV AIDS. Now, if somebody infects you on purpose, that's a different story. But if we're not going and getting tested with our partners and keeping up with our health, we can't blame we can't blame anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I wanted to bring up uh, with you while you were on, uh, Hydea, is did you watch the Oprah show? No, I did not. You did not. No, did you watch the 2020 not. episode? No, I did not. I'm sorry, okay. guys. No, 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 it's totally fine. I just <laughs> thought it would be something, you know, that, that I could talk about to hear what your feedback was about the show because, you know, there was mixed feelings about how it was portrayed and whatnot, but yeah. no big deal. Have, um, you know what? I heard about it, and I just want to say that, you know, because Oprah is such a powerful figure, why has it taken her long, so long to do an, a topic about HIV-AIDS? You know, and she's in South Africa she loves South Africa. Why has this topic not been on her show sooner? And it could have been more well delivered from what I read on the internet and people's, you know, response. I got enough to know it wasn't handled it wasn't handled right. And mm-hmm. you know, people say, Hadia, be nice. No, we need to be real. Um she reaches <laughs> so right. many people. She she reaches so many people, it should have been it should have been a topic a long time ago. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I get in trouble a lot because I kind of never hold back what I have to say. So, you know, if somebody's upset with what I just said, I'm sorry, but the truth hurts sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just be real. Awesome. So, Hydeal, what does, um, does, does your name have a special meaning to it? Does it mean something? Where did the name come from? Is it passed like was it passed down within um, your family at all, or? Well, it means again in Swahili, and my older sister Keisha got it off of Sesame Street. Um, my mom was about to adopt me, and she's watching Sesame Street. And at the time, my sister had been an only child for, you know, a couple of years, and they were trying to cushion the blow that, you know, there was somebody else coming. And mm-hmm. so she said, well, can, well, can we name the baby Hydea? And my mom was like, yeah, you know, it's a beautiful, unique name. So, but it means, it's again, beautiful. it's Swahili, and that's where I got it from. Wow. That's very beautiful. Cool. That is terrific. You. You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I think it's great that you are just – you, you do tell it like it is, and I, I think that's so refreshing, and, um, and and just it's nice. It's nice to hear that. Thank you. I mean, you're very we growing up, and then you know, speaking with kids or youth, you can't BS because they'll know. And especially with this disease, we have to be real. We have to be real with each other. We have to be straightforward. And so I. I think that kind of 
directing me as being an adult, and I'm trying to learn how to be tactful when I deal with people because there's a certain way to say certain things. But when it's about HIV AIDS and, you know, self-respect and our, our responsibilities as human beings, you have to be straightforward. You can't you can't BS it, you know. And if people think I'm rude or I'm harsh, hey, I, I don't feel that way. I just feel like I'm being honest. And, I, you know, I would rather everyone else be honest with me because when you're honest, you get more respect. That's right. Hey, Dale, what do you say to those those women who want to start sharing their story and, um, you know, don't know how to move forward? How would you um, advise them to move forward to share their story? Because it's hard for me to find women to come on the radio show, you know what I mean, because women activists are few and far between. Um, I think we've only had a few on before you. So what do you say to those women who, who want to get out there but are just afraid to maybe, you know, get their feet wet? See, that's a hard question for me to answer because I started speaking when I was so young, um, and people were just kind of requested for me or my mom to come share a story. But what I can say is in your community, um, find out what your HIV AIDS organizations are. Um, find out if they're doing um, community programs. Some do it within the high schools. And you can kind of go to them and ask them if you could share your story. Um, they have they have college um, speaking bureaus that you can also sign up for. I don't have the names on me. But basically, you kind of have to start off small, whether it's speaking in churches or speaking in your community at local events. But, you know, people ask me that all the time. And um, whether it's joining the campaign you can find out about HIV AIDS campaigns online, and you can kind of, you know, volunteer your time. Um, I know um, different campaigns are always looking for speakers, so you just kind of got to do your research. Um, but that's so it's a hard it's a hard question for me to answer. Um, it really I totally is. understand. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of hard to get involved. I know um, for me, because uh, like I said, I just started getting out there, and I spoke one time, and I want to do it again, but it's just I don't know where to go, how to start, and I just think I just sit, I just think that I'm going to sit back, and invitations are going to just come to me somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like magic or something. It is magic. It is magic. Hey, I just want to remind everybody, our listeners, to give us a call at three four seven two one five nine four four two and um if you have any questions for Ms. Heidi Broadbent, uh please give us a call and uh and 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 ask and ask questions. Um so um what so this has actually been a pretty big past couple of weeks, you know, for HIV. Um mm-hmm. in general. I mean Ryan White was um Re- renewed for the next mm-hmm. four years, and the travel ban has yeah. has been lifted. So, so what what do you what do you think? What what do you think the direction of the country's attitude towards HIV is is going? Do you think it's going well, in, a, in a good direction or? Mm-hmm. Well, the Ryan White, um, of course, needs to be longer than four years because HIV AIDS is not going to you know, disappear in four years, and people are going to need those services um, for a long time coming, unfortunately. But, you know, the country is waking up. They know that this disease is not going anywhere because the numbers are not going down. And, you know, I really, I'm happy that people are starting to accept people with HIV AIDS more, Um, but I just wish they would put programs back in high schools, you know, a deeper, we need a deeper sex ed health course, basically, because, you know, my sister took me, she, my sister told me she didn't take a, a sex education class, and I'm like, what? And she's like, no, they don't teach that anymore. So we need to put that back in the high schools, because it's very clear with not just HIV AIDS rates, but teen pregnancy and STDs, that teenagers are having sex. And if they're not going to be educated at home, 
that's when the government needs to step in or the school district. Um, mm-hmm. And that's crazy that we don't have any programs. And people always say, well, not in my backyard, not in my backyard. When when do you think is where, – where should these programs be? Everybody thinks that it's not happening in their environment when in reality it is. It's everywhere. And, you know, the kind – you know, we're – I guess people are, they're opening their hearts and, you know, they don't discriminate, but it's like they just don't want to believe that it can happen in their own family or to their friends, and they just think if we ignore it, it might go away. It's not going to go away. Um, We have to talk about it, and we have to talk about it more, and we need to start talking about it in our homes. And I get so tired of parents telling me, it's so hard to talk to my child about sex. It's so hard. And I say, well, either you can talk to your child about sex or you can watch them die of AIDS, you know, complications from AIDS. And that's the reality of it. Parents are still burying their children. And I just, you know, parents get so confused when they say their child asks them questions about sex. It's it's human nature. Everybody has sex. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to talk about it. And in 2009, in 2010, you, sex, yes, sex is fun. Sex is wonderful. It feels good, <laughs> but you can die from having sex. You know, that's the reality of it. So until we start talking about that, you know, especially our youth, they're not going to get the message and they're not going to know that this is something that can happen to them. And a lot of a lot of kids I hear, well, my mom never talked to me. My dad never talked to me. All they ever said was, if you're a female, don't come home pregnant. If you're a male, don't get a girl pregnant. But they never said, you know, let me sit down and talk to you about HIV. Right. So until, you know, and people want to complain about, their tax dollars going to health care and for medication. Well, if you want your tax dollars to stop going towards that, we need to find a way to educate everybody and let them know about this disease. You know. I agree with yep. you. Um, idea. What do you What do you think of the lack of um, of like television or or media coverage about HIV and AIDS when it comes to uh, AIDS walks or or you know uh, World AIDS Day or things like that? I don't see a lot of uh, you know, HIV positive characters on television. What do you What do you feel about that? Well, um, it's crazy that you say. Um, it's crazy that you mentioned that. Um, I am actually starting to partner with the IEC, the Entertainment Council, and they do programming where they they write out programming um, on health issues for entertainment um, shows as TV shows and radio and they're starting to do more for HIV-AIDS. So um, hopefully that will pick up. But, you know, we don't we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. You know, if we're not talking about it at home, then we're not going to see it on TV and we're not going to hear it on radio. Um, so it – and then with my hip-hop community, the people that I know that host their own radio shows – I'm advocating for them to do topics on World AIDS Day and, you know, to make the topic more, you know, visible visible and, you know, we can't talk about it just once a year or, you know, or June 27th or December 1st and in February and March. You know, that's crazy to me because if you're living with it, you think about it all the time. So, you know, people... They're aware of it, but it's just changing. It's just changing different, changing everybody's view within entertainment, you know, because they don't they don't think it's a big issue because people aren't like I said are not dying at an alarming rate. And until we change mm-hmm. people's views, they're not going to get it. But I am, you know, that did come to my attention um, a couple months ago. So I I did some research to find out, you know, where, who have input on these shows and, you know, the radio networks. So 
I am working towards um, getting involved with a program that has some input in it. So hopefully Sounds things will change. Well, well no, um, things, things will change. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you have anything to say about it and if you are continuing to be as active, I, I certainly um, expect it to change. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Idea, thank you so much for calling into the show tonight and, and sharing your experiences with us. You've been such a ray of light and inspiration for us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank people you can so find much, you on, um People can find you on Facebook, Twitter, and MySpace. All of them are <laughs> backslash Hydea Broadband, right? Correct. So they can find you all there. And um, definitely look her up on Twitter. She always has great inspirational messages. So Hydea, thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks, Hydea. Thank you so much. And And you folks can go to Hydea's main site, which is her MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Hydea Broadband. Um, I wanted to bring up some some things that are going on. Tomorrow is going to be a launch of a a web series on Logo online that I uh, participated in um, last weekend. Uh, I met uh, Angina. Remember I talked a little bit about it, but I couldn't mention too much? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I spoke with the guy who shot it, and he told me that I could uh, mention it because it's going to be released tomorrow. The first video of the web series will be released tomorrow with Angina. And then oh, wow. um, another gentleman, another person will be released and I believe my date, my release date is the 16th of November. They're going to post my video. Um, so it should be interesting. It was something totally new to do. I've never been filmed on television. Um, I'm, I'm always self-conscious about myself, you know what I mean, and, and how I look. And, and to go up there and to meet Angina, um, especially after her, you know, coming out on national television as living with HIV and, and just – being so real and having that moment. Do you remember that moment on TV on RuPaul's Drag Race, Jeremy? Yes, 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 I do. That moment when she broke down because she won yep. uh, the, the, was it Viva Glam? Yeah. Award? The, the yep. challenge, you know what I mean, that represented you know, HIV and AIDS. And she ended up being the face for that campaign, which was perfect because she was HIV positive. And right. it was just really touching to meet to meet her, and it was just so cool because I got to go up and, and you know, it, you always think that you're going to meet somebody who you see on TV and they're just, you know, they're, they're somebody who's a superhero, somebody who's not, you know, a, a normal human being just because they've been on TV. And, like, when I met Jack and then when I met Angina, they're just normal people just like you and me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're sharing yeah. their story, and Angina is doing amazing things. So people can check that out tomorrow. It should be on LogoOnline.com. I think that will be um, that will be cool. Yeah, I'm very excited for it to come out. I, I I can't wait to actually check it out. So, oh, they're making fun of me in the in the in the chat room. So I'm going to ignore it for right now. They're making yes. fun of me. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, just to do a rundown of the upcoming shows. I just sent out the the Pause newsletter for November. Uh, so check your inbox and check your spam just in case. Yeah, I just um, saw the I just saw the video for that. What a great video you put together! Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I I only been able to work. do that thanks to um, good old Kenji. He's my buddy. He, oh yeah. Uh, has this video program that he uh, lets me use to make those wonderful videos. So kudos oh. and love to I, Kenji for that. <laughs> I, I I you know I have this little movie maker thing on. Um, on my Mac, and I, I still don't know how to work it. I, I mean, <laughs> it's supposed you're supposed to be able to just drop things in and cut things out and fade in and fade out and <laughs> add titles. I have no clue what I'm doing with it. So I and and I just I don't have the patience. And I, I just want I also want to apologize um, to our listeners tonight because my foot hurts so bad. I've been kind of just like zoning out, thinking of the throb. But anyway. So um, next week, November 8th, we're going to have a gentleman by the name of Jason uh, Wilder Evans, and he actually um, runs this, I I guess I want to call it a campaign or this project called HIV USA, and it's a 
collaborative effort of several HIV-positive people who have gave their permission to share a very intimate part of their life. By ignoring stigma, HIV USA is meant to shed light on the reality of living with the virus. So um, he's going to come on and talk about that campaign with us. And he himself is um, HIV negative. He is affected by the disease, but he's been working in the HIV field uh, since 2002. So he's going to come on and share, you know, talk about that. And then I'm really excited because on November 15th, uh, we're going to have Rob Richard on, who is from Philly AIDS Fund. He's a, a guy here who's local, and he basically runs Philly AIDS Funds in the Philly AIDS Walk, and, and he's a big source of inspiration here, and he's definitely uh, led the way for people in Philadelphia to, uh, to see people living with HIV and AIDS. He does a lot of work. He does the gay bingo that we hold, and he's raised over $2 million to date from the AIDS Wow. Fund. Yeah. Wow. So it's very, very, uh, he's very impactful. And it's great because he's local here, so I like having local guys on that I know personally. And then mm-hmm. on November 2nd, we're going to have um, a new POSIM blogger, and his name is Charles Tyson. November and 2nd? November 22nd. Uh, oh, Charles okay. Tyson, yeah, the 22nd. Yeah. Well, he will be on. Um, and he's going to come on and talk about his new blog that he just uh, started on POSIM called uh, Unleashed, My Path to Acceptance, Truth, and Enlightenment in a World with HIV. And he's an inspirational guy. Um, his surrogate father was um, Shelton Jackson, who you may know, who just recently passed away last January, um, mm-hmm. you know, from HIV and AIDS. He was a speaker and involved in the Does HIV campaign that I am involved with, with Hope's Voice. So um, it's always nice to have him, you know, a new member come on and, and want to share so openly right away. And and so I know Charles. I yes, actually know he's him. from your area. Yes. Um, I've worked on a couple of events with him, so I, I do know Charles. So. See, there's the Charles. I know. I know. He knows a celebrity. Yes, I'm very excited <laughs> to have him be a part of the blogging and all that. It's, it's, um, it's just, I, can, I can just tell it's very therapeutic, and he does a lot of good blogs. His first blog was about reinvention and how after becoming diagnosis and through certain things like losing people you love and you go through those experiences and you have to reinvent who you are because right. it changes you. So I think, you know, his first blog was amazing. On the 29th of November, we're going to do a show all about World AIDS Day, um, what it means, what the purpose is, and I want people to call in and, and share the events that are going on in your city or your state. Because, you know, I want to try to get as many World AIDS Day events out there that we can promote and let people know that they can go to. So if you have one, you can email me, uh, Robert at POSIM, or you could do Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com, and we will be able to uh, post them and, and, you know, announce them on the show. Because I want people to have information so they know where to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing it on the 29th because, obviously, December 1st is not going to be. That's right, because I I think I'm going to... um I'm, I'm trying to get something organized for World AIDS Day here in Charlotte, and uh, I've been working with a couple with the ASO that I sit on the board um, with to see if we can get some uh, a candlelight vigil going um, down in the center of town. So, and trying to work out all the details there so we can all you know just even if. I want, what I want to do is I want to get people who are affected and, 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 and of course, infected, but uh, if we can show as many candles as possible on December 1st uh, in the center of town, I, I, I just think that would be a, a, an awesome statement. So, because well, we need to... That. Yeah, it, we, because I, I'm just, you know, it, it's we need to put that... Um, we we need to put the red ribbon back on. I mean, I think that's my avatar on Facebook. You know, is put yeah. it back on because AIDS isn't. It's not over. And 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 our guest tonight, you know, she she really was eloquent about that, and she she hit those points. It's not over, ladies and gentlemen, and it's that's not right. going to be for a very long time. <laughs> so again, if you have a World AIDS Day event send it to us, let us know. And if you want to be a yes, guest please. on the show, we're always looking for people to come on and share their story. You don't have to be somebody who's an activist. 
You could just be somebody who thinks, you know, maybe it would be very therapeutic for yourself just to get out there and, and share your personal experiences. We have a lot of first-timers come on and share their story. You've never done it before, and they get a lot of healing out of it. So always contact us. We're always looking for, you know, people to, to open up and, and share more love. Yep, absolutely. I mean, we're not, we're, we don't close our doors for it to anybody. <laughs> That's so right. Give us a call. Come on the show. We'll talk to you. If, even if nobody else will talk to you, we will. <laughs> we, we're not those snobby kids that wouldn't let you sit at the table at lunchtime. We are those geeks that let anybody sit with us at, at the lunch table at, at lunchtime. Do you remember? Do you remember high school? Yeah. Not being, you know, where where the like the the haves and the have-nots were always separated by the lunch tables that they sat at. Mm-hmm. But the, the geeks, they would let anybody sit with them. As long as you talked about, you know, the Renaissance Festival or Star Wars, they were, they were, they were all with you, you know. But, um, One of the other things I wanted to uh, mention real quick before time runs out is if you haven't, you should uh, go to your uh, local ASO or your doctor's office if you have an appointment coming up and pick up uh, the latest HIV Plus magazine. There is um, an article in there called 25 at 25 where it featured uh, 25 LGBT members who are doing amazing things to ensure that the fight against AIDS continues. And um, I myself was chosen as one of those 25 and uh, Jack McEnroth. But a lot of Pazaya members were also in that mix. Um, There was also, um, let me think, Brian Levinson who runs uh, SIN, Strength in Numbers. There is Brian, uh, Brian, listen to me, Brandon Maxada, who uh, put the whole ADAP Summit together where I spoke at in D.C. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that I can't think of right now off the top of my head uh, who else was in that magazine. But you have to go check it out. HIV Plus has uh, done a lot of help in helping me to, you know, get out there and spread my story and get more information about the radio show. So uh, go out there and get that magazine. Jack's on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Jack's on the cover, strutting his stuff. (laughs) Jack's always on the cover. He's on the cover of everything. Right? (laughs) He's actually um, on his way home right now from San Francisco. I guess there's a conference out there, and he is flying back. So that's not why he's on air with us tonight, but he should be returning with us next week. Well, that's good. He should be here next week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so. and then, then, then we can certainly um, make fun of him, and he will be here to uh, to defend himself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Also, the Pazayam community. If you guys want to check that out, it's a social networking site that we uh, created to go along with the radio show and to help people find others who they can relate to who are infected with HIV or AIDS. So you can check that out at pazayam.com and you can create a profile there. But we're also looking for female bloggers. So if you know any female bloggers who are interested in maybe being a featured blog on PauseIM, I would love to have them contact us here at the radio show or at, on the website because uh, I want to get more women out there, um, you know, to give women hope. A lot of women don't have that hope, and I don't have an HIV-positive woman to blog yet. So I'm definitely looking for that. Excellent. And And... What? Oh God! I was gonna say something and then I forgot what it was. <laughs> That's not good for radio. <laughs> Just a reminder: we're down to the last God. ninety seconds. You guys can um, my mind. find more information on our lovely guest tonight, Hydea Broadband, at myspace.com/backslash Hydea Broadband. Um, amazing woman doing amazing things, and I think um, that's the whole purpose of, of why we do this—to help others. And she's definitely out there, you know, doing it for the right reasons. I think. Don't you? Absolutely. I, I think she's. I am just. Just I, I, she. She's very impressive at, at 25, and doing what she's been doing. I, I just. I just think she has just. She's. She's an amazing woman, and she's got such a bright, bright future ahead of her. And I just can't wait. So. Yeah, I agree. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, remembering that you guys can, reminding, not remembering, reminding you all that you can tune in next Sunday. We're here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
Um, you can find more information on me at www.posim.com. Jeremy, you can find information on at Positively Speaking, Positively with a Z, speaking.com. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. And Thanks, thanks everybody. For chatting in the chat room, guys. Absolutely. Have a great night. Have a great week.